In the name of Jesus, amen. In the time when Jesus was around on the earth 2,000 years ago, uh, there, were, there was a very uh, us and them sort of mentality, way of thinking about the world and people. There was Israel, and then there was everyone else. They were the chosen people of God, and everyone else, well, they weren't. Of course, this is not really any different than today, the us and them, I guess. You are either like me or you are something that I don't really understand, something I don't like. And it was never the Lord's intention to set up these sorts of mm, prejudices, maybe, or uh, whatever we want to call them today. Israel was chosen small, weak, enslaved nation that didn't have anything of their own. The Lord chose them to be a beacon to the world. The Lord chose Israel to draw the nations of the world ever closer to the restoration that he was bringing about. As so often happens, though, the favored child gloats over their siblings The upper class oppresses the others. Do you know how this goes? So the disciples, the disciples were very open about who they thought should have access to Jesus. There were some people who they thought just really were not worth his time. Children, lepers, and Gentiles. Because really, who are we kidding? I mean, who has time for children, lepers, and Gentiles anyways? So they shooed them away from Jesus. They even told Jesus to get rid of these people. They are bothering us. They're icky. We don't like them. So, this woman comes to Jesus, a Canaanite woman. She comes to Jesus because she needs help. And she prays, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. It sounds familiar, yes, because it's something that we pray every single week. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, we sing it. And in your hymnal, there's this really helpful thing that there's notes on the side of everything in the hymnal that tells you where all the stuff comes from in the Bible. Uh, no one made this up. It, it is actually like written by God. Uh, it kind of did fall out of heaven. It's wonderful. And um, But which, which words do we choose to make our own? Well, oftentimes it's the words of, of beggars. What does that tell you? But it's a beautiful plea. It's a beautiful prayer. Kyrie eleison. Lord of mercy. You are the Lord, and I am not. You can help, and I can't. I have a problem, and I need your help and no one else's. But it's not right, is it, to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs? Now, I have both children and dogs, and I know that many of you do as well. 
And if I was forced to pick between either party, uh, I can say with all certainty, don't worry, I'll pick the children and probably surrender the dogs if I can't take care of all of them. I mean, lucky for us though, they, they do all get to eat. But Jesus is right. It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. No. Now in English, we have one word, dog. We can describe dogs in certain ways to tell you if we like them or not. We can call them a stray dog, some sort of street dog, a mongrel, a mutt, whatever, to indicate, well, we don't really like that dog. Or the neighbor's dog that constantly comes into your yard, kills your chickens, things like that. We don't like those dogs, no. But then there's other ways that we talk about our dogs, though, too. In recent years, everyone has been calling their dogs fur babies. That's really probably the equivalent of the Greek word here. Now, the New Testament has a few stories about dogs, and there's a particular kind of dog, a kuon, that is the kind that licks Lazarus's sores. These are kind of dogs that are just everywhere, and no one owns them, and they're just kind of out roaming around. They're strays, street dogs. And then there's another kind of dog. There is a kunarion. Now, you would not let a kuon, a stray dog, into your house, but a kunarion is your friend. He is a canis familiaris, a taxonomical name that even means family dog. And it always has meant that. We've had these things for a long time. That's your house dog. That's the dog that sits under your table at dinner, just like my dog does. And if you've been to any place that has lots of stray dogs, you know how well they're cared for. Well, no one cares about them at all. They just run from here and there, and they just fend for themselves, and they kind of fight every once in a while, and no one really cares about them, and every once in a while you have to kill all these dogs because there are just too many of them. And Jesus knows the word about those dogs. He does. He uses it somewhere else. But he doesn't use it here. It's fantastic. This Canaanite woman who is rejected by the people of Israel, the this Canaanite woman who is rejected by a whole entire country, a nation of people, and who is rejected by the disciples, she is not a child of Abraham by blood, not at all, and odds are that none of you are either. But Jesus does not refer to her as a stray dog, as an outsider, but affectionately is a kunarion, a house dog, a dog that is loved, a dog that is a part of the family, even though it is clearly something else. I mean, think about it, those of you who have dogs. I know that you do all sorts of absolutely ridiculous things for your dogs. I know that you do. I know about your vet bills. What do they do for you? What do these house dogs do for you? What does your family dog do for you? Do they earn a living for you? Like, what's their hourly wage that they bring in? Do they pay rent? Do they cook food at least half the nights of the week? 
Do they get the groceries every once in a while? Do they destroy the furniture? Sometimes. Do they eat your shoes? I have a Bible that is missing a cover because my dog ate my Bible. Hmm. Does your dog do the dishes? Or does it make a mess on the carpet and not even bother to clean it up? And yet, you would do anything for them. I know people that have car seats for their dogs. I know people that have life jackets for their dogs. Dogs are really good swimmers. My parents, I came home from college one year and we were gonna have a family portrait taken. And do you know who had to be in that family portrait? Our dog, of course. Does it make any sense? I can't quite figure it out. Does it make any sense financially? No, they're just kind of black holes of, of money, but there they are and there they will be and there they always have been alongside of us. Humans have something with dogs that we don't have with other animals. They listen to us and we, well, we're just kind of like them. Now I know that there will be someone here who will then say, yes, but you can also have pet pigs as well. But the only reason anyone likes those is because they're kind of like dogs sometimes. So this woman, She's not insulted one tiny bit. She's not offended. This woman comes to Jesus because she has a problem and he is the only one who can help. And this woman has this great faith that looks to Jesus as the Lord who can and will help her daughter. The only one who can send away the demon that is oppressing her. And Jesus knows this too. And he looks upon her and embraces her. She's in the house. She's useless as a dog, and yet she is absolutely loved. And it depends not on her utility or value, but only that she is a part of the household, a part of the home. That's how it is with you, too. What could we bring to the household of God? What great ideas or input do we have that God might need? Are there things that he is just not quite thinking of yet? No. Now, I love that the woman doesn't even try to bargain with Jesus. She just says, you are the Lord. Save me and my daughter. She has nowhere else to go. She can only see Jesus. Do you know what makes my dogs happy? Do you know what makes their tails wag? When I say their names, when I talk to them, when I pet them or pay any bit of attention to them, when they get to go for a walk or a run or a hike with me, it's even better. And of course, I only say this now because I used to have dogs that ran away and now we don't. This might have sounded very differently a couple years ago. But I give them everything they need to survive. And they are just waiting to hear from me. That is how we are with the Lord. That is how the woman whose daughter is oppressed 
by a demon is. See, for so long I've heard these stories that Jesus is just being rude to this woman by calling her a dog, and I don't think that's the case at all. He loves this woman. No one else thinks she's any good. But Jesus sees her and loves her. Even though she was born in the wrong place, even though she didn't meet the ethnic standards of the times, he treats her with great affection and brings joy to her again, heals her daughter. It's done for her. And that is how we see ourselves as house dogs who cannot wait until the master comes home again because, oh boy, this is going to be so good. And we are so excited. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.